0: It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble.
1: Trying to make things better or trying to find what the best solution is, especially in a system where things are changing so rapidly still, you are going to come up against a few things where there are going to be some delays. I would still like to see football. I mean, I'd love to see that. On the other hand, with cases now all going back up and we're seeing it in a lot of places where there are some less regard for rules, shall we say (laughs) There is a worry for me, too.
0: First down.
2: Canadian iconic game is now next year's season. So we're on to 2021.
1: Yes, August the 17th. Today that... Nobody wanted to know, but
2: a day that we will always remember. Yeah, definitely not the outcome we were looking for, Don, but uh, the longer we went on, the more likely this outcome was, in my opinion. It's extremely unfortunate because as ardent CFL fans all across the nation, uh, we were hoping that there would be some opportunity to watch the CFL play this year, excited for the game, and when the Board of Governors made the decision to cancel the season, it, uh, it definitely impacts all of us.
1: It's just one of those days that years from now we'll look back and wonder how we got through it. At this time, uh, my heart's just been ripped out of me because there is no football in 2020. But I'm not upset at the Canadian Football League for what it had to do because it had no choice. The government had clear and obvious other issues in front of them that they were going to deal with first before the CFL.
2: The CFL is a private business, and, and many private businesses are asking for funding. You know, there, there's three teams that are community-owned, but uh, ultimately every government has to make decisions about where they're going to distribute their resources, and resources, particularly in a global pandemic, are scarce. It's, it's a difficult decision to make. We all were hoping that the government would come forward and give a, a you know a loan of sorts, but it was not to be.
1: What's so ironic is the prime minister's father was in government when the World Football League wanted to place a team in Toronto called the Toronto Northmen and the Minister Mark Lalonde actually fought hard to keep that team out of Toronto because it would in his thoughts and heart injure the Canadian Football League and that team never did play in Toronto. They wound up in Memphis becoming the Southmen. It's ironic now that The Sun government does not come forward with that same sort of feeling of protection of the Canadian Football League, but the world changes. Nobody has to do what their father did. I don't put it on him personally either, but it's just, to me,
2: it's one of those things that gives you a little pause. Don, I I hear what you're saying, and and I mean, certainly reading on Twitter, there's a lot of Vitral going around towards the CFL, towards Ambrosie, looking to, to blame the government or, or move in different areas. But I think the reality, and we've, we've said this before, you and I, multiple times, is that we're in a global pandemic, and this is uncharted territories. And, and truly, without the pandemic, the league would be moving on. So we do need to recognize that while decisions are made, and we're going to disagree or, or agree with the decisions made, at the end of the day, we're in uncharted territory, in second down. Um, we're going to be doing some trivia in a little bit, and and some somewhere down the road, they're going to say, in which year was the Grey Cup not played? And uh, we, we usually talk the the postmodern or the modern era being forty five. Now we've got nineteen nineteen and uh, twenty twenty, or two years that the Grey Cup was not played.
1: Yes, that is true. In terms of trivia, we could use that question at some point. I. Wouldn't think that's going to be a question too soon because clearly I
2: think you'd know the answer. No, no, someone else. I, I think a different podcast, Don, will have to do this somewhere down the road. And hopefully that that is the case, that we move into 2021. The CFL um, continues its, its great history and has opportunities to come back stronger than it currently is right now. Because certainly there's a lot of fracture within the league and I think people need to pull together and... Well, the decision is hard to hear, I think we only uh, get stronger by seeing, and I keep saying we, but I mean, I'm talking all players, uh, the league and others, but but I think this league gets stronger by having everyone pulled together and rather than looking for blame, find a way to move forward positively and build towards the 2021 season where we have the opportunity, hopefully, to gather once again in the parks and uh, watch the game we've come to love.
1: I think fracture has to end. I think... Putting the blame on Ambrosie is ridiculous. I think putting the blame on the federal government is just as ridiculous. The ownership and the community ownership, they can't be blamed for what's happened either. There is no way that anybody can point the finger at anyone and say you're the one responsible because this came from outside of this country. And this COVID-19 was not something that anyone could have anticipated when Winnipeg was handed the Grey Cup in Calgary. If you're going to lay blame, look in the mirror and say, what have I done to stop COVID?
2: The reality is, as you mentioned, on with the pandemic, we are in uncharted territories and, and something has to give. And the CFL is not the only thing that's changing. Um, the world around us is changing. And it's a tough day for sports fans especially CFL fans, because we watch other leagues moving forward. The reality, which we've talked about at length, is that uh, without financial support, this league had no opportunity to move forward, and and there was no financial support forthcoming. But again, I, as you mentioned, I don't think you can blame the federal government. I also, you know, you read a lot of people who are, well, the league's going to fold. Well, I, I think the league is stronger, and I think the... Canadian citizenship is strong enough to move us through this area and recognize that this is important. And I think there will come a time where government may step in. It may not be the federal government. It might be provincial and local and regional governments because they are the ones that benefit more from the organization, as we've spoken to before, than a federal government.
1: So going back to what Andrew of the Turf District was saying on our previous podcast was that he had mentioned that he thought that there wouldn't be a season because there's just no way that COVID is under control and that he didn't understand how any league could move forward in the fall. He nailed it. Absolutely, done. This is part of the equation. It's not just the financial recompense. It's also the protection of the players, the coaches, the administration, the fans. We have not got this virus under control by any stretch. It's morphing there's so many people that uh, don't show symptoms that wind up with very long-term effects from it it's just it's a very very insipid insidious virus the cfl in one context probably hit this exactly right by not playing you are in effect giving everyone a chance to protect themselves during this pandemic
2: an excellent point. On um, it is about protection. The decision we will look back at some point and say, "Yeah, that's the best decision that that they can make." We're going to go through stages of grief, much like you know everything else, and and so I think we're going to have this period of anger, and we're going to have a period of frustration, and and it's it's not going to be easy to let go of the league we care so much about. But I I do think yes, we're going to be safe, but. I'm going to look for the positive and the positive I see in this one is that the CFL is is only one football league that's out there. We're going to have the opportunity to watch and see what the NFL does. And it looks like some college conferences, at least in the States may play. And what the CFL will be able to do is watch and see how they are impacted. And the second thing is, I mean, we don't know much as you mentioned about this COVID-19 it's really in its infancy and we don't know the long-term effects on people and we don't know how it's going to go into 2021. Some of these other leagues may try to start up and and find they have to do things differently as well particularly when it's not just like the leagues that are operating now which are generally playing towards a playoff the one exception being Major League Baseball which is playing a bit of a season prior to a playoff but the rest are really was a quick warm-up to get ready for playoffs And, and that's a short period of time as opposed to a protracted season. I think the CFL will learn from other leagues and and be able to learn from the mistakes that they make, and hopefully that will help them go into 2021 with a better opportunity to move forward.
1: We just don't know what the landscape will be in 2021. More likely than not, some treatment or some vaccine will be available. I really do believe that because everything's being fast-tracked. There are a lot of brilliant minds out there that are doing amazing work. From England to Canada to the United States, there are just a lot of labs that are getting a handle on this. But you have to go through the protocols to make sure you do all the appropriate testing, so that you don't wind up having this backfire on you. And that's why there is a time lag.
2: Absolutely, as you said before, we need. To, it is about safety, right? So that the time lag will definitely impact any returns to normalcy, and that and that includes, in my opinion the ability to have large gatherings of people in stadiums. The world has changed, and that 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 to me is the sole reason why the CFL is not playing today. It's a revenue-driven league. It's a gate-driven league, and, and you cannot put large groups, even 5,000, together. Um, at this point, it's not safe. So now the CFL has a
1: wide-open landscape in front of it. They can look at a lot of different venues and say okay this is something that we need to do this is something we need to alter this is something that has to do with our future this is something we can forego they have a cflpa that they have to now going into 2021 they've got to get a deal with they have nine member teams that all have to work through what they're going to do with season ticket holders and maybe look at other help that they can get from fans to sort of tie them over a little bit. Mm -hmm. There is also a world out there that the Canadian Football League is trying to tap into in terms of support to get players in here and to get revenue streams built up. Gambling is another thing that the CFL has got to look at. Certainly you can look at it as a sadness that we have lost 2020, but suddenly now the slate becomes much more wide open. And you can have on your agenda anything that you want to do that you think is important and try to move toward that goal because you now have the time to focus on that, where in the last few months, you were totally consumed with a million different items trying to get a season in for 2020.
2: You are absolutely correct, Don. We've got opportunities, I think, um, with the league to move forward, and I think this league's going to have to look at how it operates in in a different view. You're right. The CBA needs to be renegotiated. The CFLPA and uh, the the CFL league itself were at many times throughout uh, the march towards whether or not we had the 2020 season adversarial. And I think those two organizations need to get on somewhat of the similar side and recognize that that both are reliant upon one another and both are going to have to work together and, and maybe in new ways to find opportunities to to move forward and, and to ensure that the league not only will see the field in 2021, but also be, I'm not sure what the term is, I, I guess, be viable in in the long term to make sure that we do things. So, you know, things that are on the table currently may have to change. And this is, I think, a great opportunity to allow that deep look and wide look and opportunity to uh, dig at all the different areas that the league currently is operating where we can find efficiencies you can find new ways of doing things you can you know that we've talked cfl 2.0 to cfl 3.0 but truly i think you could probably say we're going to jump instead of going from iteration 2 to 3 to iteration 10 and and examine all the different things that go to come up with something that's going to result in a long-term viable league that can operate and and continue to go through unforeseen things like a pandemic
1: I think the two things ultimately that the CFL has to work on the most is one getting costs under control, say player salaries, administration. Agreed. But then what about growing the revenue side? I think the CFL undermarkets itself. It does not do as good a job as selling the product that it needs to. It's an amazing game. It's an amazing spectacle. And we're still living with this Canadian aw shucks, it's just us attitude. Oh. And I don't think that needs to fly anymore. I think this is a great alternative brand of football that anyone that ever watches it falls in love with. So if you've got this opportunity to relook at everything, here is one thing that you have to do.
2: Marketing across the league I think has, has as you said, sold us short, but I think what they have done a good job is making this feel and the slogan they've used is our league. And as Canadians, the uniqueness of our game is what I think makes the game exciting. I know that there's outstanding athletes that play in the NFL as there is in the CFL, but I just find the the nuances of the game can make the game that much more exciting than the NFL which I think has uh, held a lot of tradition as well and and stayed within their rules and and maybe not varied as much but it's 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 a great game and it's in and of itself but i don't think it's comparable to the excitement that can be generated in cfl football
1: the nfl rule book could fill a city's telephone book mm-hmm. the cfl rule book you can stick in your back pocket
2: And I think the CFL has also been responsive to fans, right? When fans and and organizations say, hey, let's look at this. They've been open to change. And and I think that adaptability is going to serve this league well as they move ahead into the uncharted territories of beyond 2020.
1: Which is what I was getting to with the rule book idea. The American um, NFL is so wedded to every situation having its own written interpretation in a book the CFL is much more fluid. It can react in many different ways to the same situation because the rules are much more open-minded about what could
2: happen on a football field, which I think makes it a far better way to proceed. You and I are absolutely on the same page with that, Don, because it's a fun game to watch, and I miss it terribly, and I'm hopeful that we are able to uh, move forward and be able to see the CFL play again, as well as, let, let's be honest, we're not even able to watch high school or college ball in the three down. I'm missing that game, and I will follow some college and NFL just to satiate my you know hunger for football games, but it certainly will not be with the excitement that, that I get out of watching three down football at all three levels, local, universities, and the CFL, which is the penultimate three down football, in my opinion.
1: My life has been consumed by Canadian football. And from June till November, I watch every game. And my wife will attest to it. It is, <laughs> it is a game that I just can't seem to get enough of. And even long before this podcast, I mean, it was very important to me to watch every game that was played. It didn't matter if it was an All-East matchup or a West matchup. Interconference matchup—it just didn't matter. I wanted to see that game because you just never knew what could come out of that game that would make a memory.
2: Yeah, sorry. Finish,
1: please. The CFL will survive. The teams have spoken. Everybody's in for 2021. Edmonton's got an opportunity on on their level. They can come up with a brand new team name, maybe a a, a new logo. That's something we can discuss later. It's it's just when you get this void in front of you now you have to look to fill it the next time you're here and we're only six months away from training camp or at least the CFL draft in 2021 it's not that far away and we could be back to to normalcy
2: let's keep our fingers crossed that that is indeed the case because in my books there's nothing better than being able to go into the 2021 season and, and be excited about our game, our teams and our league
0: Second down. Put on your thinking cap and play along with our CFL trivia. It's trivia time.
1: It's trivia time with Pat. Woohoo! And does that woohoo mean that there's going to be more than one out of four this week? You went three out of four than one out of four, 500 of the last two.
2: I am absolutely hoping I can average 500 at least, but I'd like to go back to the three of four or four of four. There's a limit that you have
1: not hit yet. Well, maybe today's the day. So have you been following any of the Twitter responses? Do you use those as an advantage to answer these questions?
2: Well, except uh, they don't put out this week's question, so I have not really looked to see. Well, they're going to be out before the podcast drops. Well, you know what,
1: I, I, I my my question... But unfortunately for you, I guess you answered prior to that question. So, yeah, you can't really get to the big right response that came out of this one.
2: That's right. I, I do answer beforehand, but I see that, you know, almost all the time our listeners are picking the right answer. So I, I, I think they must be Googling. Well, we probably have to put a no Google rule i i agree that would be i
1: think a fair way to approach this because you don't have any time on this podcast to google that i'm aware i i I wish i did but i can't type that well done (laughs) (laughs) and i give you a time limit as well yes you do so there's no hint of cheating pressure is on somewhat i wouldn't worry about it i think you'll be fine this should be a good good quiz let's go for it and see what brings about
2: let's get her done
1: all right question one which team holds the overall cfl record for the longest period between gray cup wins Ooh. so that means they've won and then a gap and then they won again okay a winnipeg b toronto
2: c ottawa d saskatchewan Well, Saskatchewan would be 66 to 89, so 23 years. Was Winnipeg's longer? I think it was. I'm going to go with Winnipeg. So are you choosing A, Winnipeg? A, Winnipeg.
1: All right, and the correct answer is B, Toronto. Oh,
2: not even close.
1: 1953
2: to 1982, a 30-season gap. You know, I was thinking we should maybe redefine this modern era, but <laughs> no. I, you know what? Then I look at MLB, and the modern era is 1900, isn't it? Yep. Mhm. So we're we're not doing that bad.
1: No, 1945 is mm-hmm. fine. And truthfully, this answer came out of post World War II, so it's modern era.
2: Well, well before my time.
1: You were around in
2: 1982.
1: Not in the 50s. Oh yeah, but.
2: When they last one.
1: But you would have seen the 82 Grey Cup and they well, would have I, talked about I the did. fact that Toronto hadn't won since
2: 1953. You know what? As uh, What would I have been then? 12 or 13 years old? I, you know, I probably wasn't that into the history at that point. Okay. But, hey, we're getting there. I'm learning more. It's good.
1: Hey, it's always worth learning. You bet. I think my one moniker that I live by is a day without learning is a day without living.
2: Well, and, uh, you know, my profession's a teacher, so learning is important to me, too. So I learned something new today. Question two. Third-place teams
1: have appeared in 12 Grey Cups. Which of the following statements is true? A, third-place teams have a winning record. B, two third-place teams have never met in a Grey Cup. In other words, third versus third. C, no third-place team from the East Division has appeared in a Grey Cup. D, third-place teams from the West Division have never lost in a Grey Cup.
2: Well, I think D can be eliminated, because I do believe that's happened. C was the third-place team's... What was C
1: again? No third-place team from the East has appeared in a Grey Cup.
2: I don't think that's true. I think seem to recall Ottawa appearing once as third place and I do believe they won so I'm going to say there's been no third place versus third place was that B? B B is my choice
1: alright and the correct answer is A oh that close third place teams have a winning record in the Grey Cup they're 7-5 overall
2: I, you know I thought about that because the, the, the games that I could recall third place teams being in I knew they'd won I believe Ottawa won when they were third place with JC Watts. No, they lost. Did they lose that one? They lost that
1: game. Okay. The Montreal Alouettes was the team that won as a third place team for the East. And that was in 1970 when they met a third place Calgary Stampeders.
0: Hmm.
2: There we go. I learned two things today so far. Let's see. Let's see how the rest of these go. (laughs) I'm hoping I'm not learning four or at least guessing right. Question three. This team has
1: never played in a divisional playoff game that went into overtime. A, Montreal. B, Ottawa. C, Calgary. D, Toronto.
2: I'm going to go with Ottawa. B? B.
1: All right, B, Ottawa's your choice, and the answer is B. Hey, Ottawa. I, 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 at least I got one right. They went into the overtime in the Grey Cup, mm-hmm. but they've never done it in divisional playoffs.
2: Hmm. I, I, you know, I, I've learned three things today, but I guessed right.
1: Toronto and Montreal met in a overtime game. In Question four. The CFL implemented the current crossover rule in 1996. Only Western teams have crossed over. Which team has never won the crossover playoff game? Since 96. Since 96. A, Edmonton, B, Calgary, C, Saskatchewan, or D, British Columbia? Which team has never won the crossover playoff game?
2: Well, this isn't that uh, that old, so I should get this one, but I don't know. I'm going to have to guess, I think. I'm going with B, C, D. You chose D, B, C,
1: and the correct answer is B, Calgary. Mm. Calgary's never been involved in a crossover game.
2: They've been so good since the 90s.
1: Pretty much. Yep.
2: Should have thought of that in a different way.
1: All the others have one. Yep. Hmm. BC beat Hamilton, Saskatchewan, beat Ottawa, and Edmonton has beaten a couple of different teams.
2: Yep. Yeah, I guess I, I, I didn't think that one through because Calgary has been a pretty strong team.
1: Ever since Huffnagel returned, yes. That's right. Although with Bono at the beginning of the 2000s as well. They were.
2: One out of four, ouch. I don't know how to respond to that. You're calling me out.
0: Remember, for proper physical distancing, if you're close enough to shake hands, you're too close. The recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards. Don't get a no yards penalty. Make sure you stay back at least two yards to maintain proper physical distancing. Third down.
2: Well, Don, you had a great visit last week with Andrew from the turf district. The turf district, of course, focuses on the Edmonton football club. There's a lot of discussion about the Edmonton football club. I know we've gone through this even with Andrew, um, but one of the questions that that um, you and I have had an opportunity to mull over for a little bit, and certainly there's going to be strong feelings I think either way, would be should the Edmonton Football Club be staying with that double E symbol or is it time now to move on from that as well?
1: It, it makes a great theoretical discussion, and I think I'd like to dive into it a little bit. There is a tremendous amount of affinity with that logo. The Edmonton football team brought in that, logo in about 65 and other than squaring up the E's, they really haven't touched it too too much and so I can understand completely why if you're a football fan in that city that you want to see that stay that that's really important to you because that's a symbol that's significant and I don't have a problem with it the one sort of thing that I was kind of musing about was But aren't you also at a time when you're breaking away from your past in a sense? Mm -hmm. Isn't it maybe also an opportunity at that time to maybe chart out a new look?
2: Well, I think it absolutely could be an opportunity to to go in a different direction. When the Edmonton Football Club makes a decision on their team name, if it starts with an E, it would certainly make sense to continue with it. However, if they were to go with something like Kodiak or a different name, I think at that point for me, that would be, as you mentioned, the ideal time to to move away and to start a new tradition. Not, not for going all the old tradition because the Edmonton Football Club is, is a storied club with great tradition and, and fans are passionate about it and so are the past players. Again, the double E I think would represent for many people holding on to what they were rather than moving forward to where they're going to go. And to me, at some point, I think you and I'm playing devil's advocate, but I do believe at some point you maybe need to say, okay, let's move on. Let's make a clean break and and move forward. Kind of in the same
1: mold as you in that sense. There is an opportunity right now. There's nothing obliging you to keep that logo as is. You can keep it as your as your corporate identity regardless. If you do come out with a an E like Elks last name, it's mm-hmm. it's totally there for you. And even if you don't, you could just keep the EE and have Edmonton Football Enterprises or something like that. Well, oh. or, or just call it a throwback jersey, throwback helmets, whatever you want. I mean that. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm talking. I'm I'm talking corporately. Yes. Yeah. So you could certainly keep that forever, or however you want to use it. I'm. I look at other teams over the years' idea about what they were thinking. And Montreal, let's just use them as an example. In 1960, they put a red wing on their helmet. In 1970, they went to what some people call the French horn, but it was a green and red bird. In 74, they went to the Delta Alouettes. In 82, they became the Concords, completely changed the logo. 86 went back to the Delta. 96 came back from Baltimore and had another logo. And now in 2019, that bird in the A logo is gone, and they've got a new stylized one that they wear over the top of their helmets. Often, they have changed their identity on the field. So my thinking is that you can do this if the need arises. It's a big gamble. But it's
2: not without precedent in the CFL. It absolutely could be time for something new, Don. And I think, uh, you know, you make a good good point with Montreal. And Montreal has had various iterations of its team that have come forward. And because of that, have had to, in many ways, reinvent itself, much like I believe the Edmonton Football Club is faced with now in terms of reinventing itself the traditions in the past are still going to be there and we're going to know that football club for what it stood for and the, the processes and, and even those symbols, if you will. I think all teams at some point need to try to bring things forward. I mean, we've seen it with, with other teams as well. You go back to, and I'm going to speak to Saskatchewan briefly, uh, major changes in 1985, to color changes at different times. Uh, and you've seen that moved across in other teams as well the third jerseys of black um, adding different colors changing your logo stylizing it trying to fit with I guess a different time maybe a younger crowd or bring something new and in many cases it's also an opportunity to sell new whether it's clothing whether it's um, the idea of trying to connect in with the, the fans that are watching at that time and find out what's cool so whether it's a, a style and the numbers whether it's a style and logo to add in some different colors to change things all of those things i think are a regular part of sports and for me going back to edmonton i think you know they've, they've certainly changed some different stylizations over the course of time here we're talking about the double e symbol which to break away would be uh, again allowing them to have an opportunity to go back and and wear uh, retro jersey retro helmets retro colors whatever it is that they move to if they choose to do make the change
1: I don't see Edmonton having to change colors the the uh, iconic green and gold I don't either something that they got from the University of Alberta originally I I don't see a problem carrying that forward in fact I would be Kind of reticent if if they thought about changing it to something. I, I think my
2: point there, Don, was more in, in that they may go to like the Riders did to bring some silver and black for a period of sh- a short period of time. It was well received by some. It wasn't well received by others. And I think any time a football team makes those changes and changes a bit of style or stylization in their uniforms in their colors, um, there are going to be some traditionalists that that are against it and others who find it. You know that I like that color. I like that style. You're exactly right.
1: Edmonton has brought in black as a third color. They, they well, I guess, or maybe a fourth color. The two black stripes that they have on their helmet and then the shadowing of the double E on the helmet is also in black. That wasn't there prior to 1996. Mm-hmm. They have made minor changes in the past. And it. I just, the way I'm thinking about this is Montreal, I think, were, was doing it through those iterations to try to get an audience involved and try to capture the imagination of some aspect of the community that they hadn't found before.
2: Yes, and in some, some cases, I think it was also to move away from the history of the team when it was you know struggling with Nelson Scalbania or different times, right? To, to try to move on and get people thinking this is a new organization, new ownership as well.
1: Well, that's the Concord experiment that flopped miserably. Mm-hmm. But yes, you're right about that as well. Edmonton isn't there because they've lost the affinity of the fans. Edmonton isn't there because they, they need to rebrand themselves because they're clearly not identified by anybody as their team. True. Edmonton has to do this because they took a very poignant decision to, to change their nickname. And as a result, now it's a wide open field. They can choose to go whatever direction they want they are going to always be mindful of their audience they're not going to do anything that's going to disrupt them too much but i do think that you could change the helmet logo to make that a demarcation line and just say hey that was then this is now and here's what we're going to show you as different so that when you we come onto the field that's what you're going to identify with not the other that, and that
2: certainly makes sense to me, Don. Yeah, I, I think you've got a solid argument there.
1: I'm not saying they have to do anything. I'm just tossing this out as an idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen it so many times with different teams that they've tried different things. Winnipeg, I remember they had a fan participation where people could send in a new logo for the team. And and in 1996, they came up with their bolted ball over the W and blue helmets, which they had worn in the 50s but, and the early 60s. But it was a major change because, as you mentioned before, it was kind of like the team was in the doldrums. They needed something to rejig. I don't always know that rebranding that way is the way to do it. I think if you've got something iconic that you could rebrand in other ways, like you were mentioning third jerseys, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But changing the look of the helmet in those circumstances, I'm not as keen about. But when you're having to actually change your name,
2: yeah, the look probably could go with. But I, I still think teams have done this throughout, and it's not just in the CFL, but but other places, done this throughout the course of history to also try to appeal to the people that are going to be buying their merchandise. You know, I look at BC. I I, I love the gunmetal black that they brought out. Some people didn't, but I think that. Would be stylized for a certain group that's taking a look at it, and same thing when you when you change your number styles, for example, some people are very traditional and don't like the new fonts that they're using for numbers. But teams do that to try to appeal to different people, and in some cases it works, and in some cases it flops. Depends on what's happening. I'm thinking too, like you think of
1: iconic, like the Denver Broncos of the NFL. They had a D with the the, the rearing bronco inside of it, and they were sort of like the second big D in, in the NFL, and they went completely away from that. And who would have thought that possible? Because they basically carried that logo for, so I don't know, 30 years. As much as we think some things are untouchable, there are things that are touchable.
2: Absolutely, and change is never easy. I mean, you can have two types of change. You can have a gradual change, or you can have a revolutionary change. Edmonton at this point is making a revolutionary change because they're now known as the Edmonton Football Club and will at some point choose a new moniker. That's especially hard on people because most people aren't prepared for that versus that evolutionary change where we're just tweaking minor things as we go and everyone eventually comes to say, okay, this is just the way it is now. So in this case, I think the revolutionary change that has happened has people up in arms. As you say, I I still think the opportunity is there, whether it's because there's been a change that has been demanded in, in, in the sense of an Edmonton football club or society has changed, or even if, if you've made a change for the sake of changing, I think you're going to initially get that pushback saying you can't do this. This is who we are. This, bo-. But the reality is in 10, 15 years, nobody's going to necessarily know or go back and say it still has to change back to what it was 15 years ago. Um, They may say, I liked that era, I liked that time, I liked that design. But again, I think once change has been there, more and more people will accept it and it becomes the norm. I think it's a great time for Edmonton to take a look at exploring other options. You're basically arguing that
1: convention is based on repetition.
2: Well, and, and... it, it is convention i mean more people want to want to stay with the status quo right it's comfortable we, we 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 love to be where we are and there's no force for change but in a in a situation like we're in the world right now with covid you're forced to change and it's uncomfortable and people long for the way things were and eventually as things change and you realize we can't go back or things will not go back at this point in time you know people will start to be more accepting but when it first happens. Anger, you know, you're going to go through through, I guess, almost the stages of grief, right?
1: And that's very true. And I think Edmonton fans have have done a lot of that. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to be a tough, tough, tough thing for the franchise to decide if they want to move away. If I'm just thinking hypothetically, if if you needed a reason, you've got it now. You are becoming something different, and if you want to change the look. Here's your opportunity. You got a clean break right here, right now. 2020 is it. Can't agree with you more.
0: Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The 3rd Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching. Yes. brother Nation, these were not the circumstances that I'd wanted to speak with you under. For the past several months, my focus, as well as the focus of much of the club and those around the CFL, has been to find a way to play football in 2020. I wanted as much as all of you to cheer as Cody Fajardo and Shaq Evans connect for a touchdown. To see William Powell rumble through a defensive line. To watch Ed Ganey snag a football for a pick six and Charleston Hughes defend his sack title. That is all on pause for another year. Despite our every effort this pandemic is calling the shots. So it didn't matter how many numbers we crunched, compromises we made, scenarios we tried, we just couldn't find one that made both financial sense and would ensure the health and safety of our players, our coaches, our staff, and you, our fans. Not having Rough Rider football in 2020 is a tough pill for me to swallow. I know it is for you too. But now we have to shift our focus to the future. Without a season this year will be a difficult one. However, I, along with our board of directors and our entire staff, are committed to seeing the Rough Riders through this challenging time. While many of us at the league level were working hard to have a season, our staff mobilized in ways that inspired me. You mobilized in ways that inspired me. Rider Nation is resilient, and we are not giving up. We are committed to making it through this crisis into playing football in 2021. We know that we can do it with you by our side. Many of you have reached out to ask, how can you help? We will have several announcements upcoming for ways that you can do just that. But for now, while you're selecting your option for your seven game credit, if you can, consider keeping some of that money with the club. Whether you transfer your account credit to next year, grab a gift card, or become a 2020 Rider Champion, every little bit helps. We know these are hard times for all of us, and not everyone will have the means to help in the same way. Regardless of contribution, we can't wait to see you back in the stands with us as soon as it's safe. We wouldn't be who we are without you being there with us. Finally, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your patience, for your unwavering support, and for sticking with us through this challenge and through the challenges yet to come. The Rough Riders have been a source of pride in this province for 110 years. And with your help, we are going to be that same source of pride for another 110. Take care, be safe, and go Rough